What is up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Riverside Report. And just like, like last week, we're coming off another win. St. Louis City SC is 5-0 and in the MLS. Haven't lost a game away or home. Boys, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, someone even say I'm doing perfect, just like St. Louis City. I mean, w- what's going on, guys? I mean... I need, I need to wake up eventually, right? That's what this is. It's just a dream. It's a dream start from the boys. Max, how are you doing tonight? Well, that was about as cheese ball of a start that you could have, Matt, in terms of this episode. But I am doing awesome. Uh, like we've said so many times on the show, not to say that I'm expecting a loss, but uh, it's unreal that we have just gone this far with a perfect record and as we'll probably talk about in a few minutes, I got scared in that first half. Not the best football we've played this year. But if, if we've learned anything this entire season, it's that no matter what happens in the first half, St. Louis City can come back in the second. Yep. So just yesterday when we are recording this, um, we played our fifth game of the season. It was against Real Salt Lake out of Salt Lake City. And – it's our fifth win in our fifth game of just being the almost miracle team that is just not a miracle team because we came to play. We are acting like we're veterans in the league, not an expansion team. Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake makes a tough environment to play and also is freezing there. Uh, there was snow on the field in the morning, and then we still adapted, and we came out and performed um, in the second half at least. But we'll we'll get into that here. Um, it was a comfortable 4-0 win uh, by the score sheet. It was a little shaky at first. Um, but, yeah, we started off 4-4-2. We've only played the 4-4-2 at home this season. And yesterday, all right, the Salt Lake game that we just played was our first game using that 4-4-2 away. And it it's working. I mean, a 3-0 finish last weekend against San Jose at City Park. And now a 4-0 win, another shutout for Berkey in the defense. Um, yeah, let's just dive right into the game. City came out hot. We had that early chance off that uh, set piece. Bartlett had that header point blank at the goalie. Um, and that hot start pretty much ended, uh, right away because then Real Salt Lake started packing us in. It was the first time we've kind of seen City a little panicked. They just kept hammering us. Uh, thank God for Roman Berkey. Boys, let's just – there was a it was a goalless first half. I'll talk about some highlights in a second, but what were your thoughts of the first half? Max, you go first. Well, we were texting each other back and forth a little bit during the game about um, the midfield and their presence throughout that first 45 minutes. It seemed like there was a major disconnect between the back line and basically – Klaus and Joachini, who were up top trying their best to create chances. But anytime that we maybe won the ball back with a challenge, um, intercepted the ball, we couldn't string a, a series of passes together like we normally do going forward. A lot of times we create a lot of opportunities on the counter, maybe pass it around once or twice in the midfield, play it down the wing to uh, Nelson or Nowinski. Um, to go forward that way, but 
it seemed like there was a lot of clearances out of the back that were just sort of emergency moves, just get the ball out any way possible. And it seemed like there was a lot of just miscued passes that led to turnovers. Um, and it, it was really hard to build up play in the middle. And that's why Real Salt Lake dominated us so fiercely in the possession battle. I, I didn't like that um, aspect of the game. And it felt like we were being pretty suffocated by the possession that Salt Lake had throughout that first 45 minutes. Yeah, Max, I'm going to piggyback off of you. Like you said, we all kind of saw that almost disconnect between the defensive line to a midfield line and then a midfield line to an offensive line. It's almost like there was nothing there. It was either attack, attack, attack with our midfield, almost just creating like a five-man line up top and then just kind of leaving our back line to leave out to dry. It was You saw a lot of Real Salt Lake combination passes where – St. Louis was really on their heels and just kind of following their game. We weren't really playing our game. We were just sort of like on our heels adapting to what Real Salt Lake brought our way. And, I mean, Roman Berkey, man, to have us going in the half 0-0, it's a completely different game if that shot goes in. And I think for Berkey to keep us in that, even with – I'm I'm just going to keep it clear, with just such a really poor first-half performance for us to not even – be down a goal from what we've seen earlier in the season from better teams and better first half performances for us to go into that zero zero halftime was, was huge from Roman. And to put some numbers to what we've been saying, if you just look at the possession stats throughout the whole game, we ended the night with only 38% possession compared to their 62. If you look in the passing department, um, we had 323 passes compared to their 501, and that was even after the full 90. Yeah, and it, I think we see that number is so low because that first half, I mean, it was just these long balls, and it, I, I guess Real Salt Lake, after that week of sort of having time to prepare against us, was able to, I, I guess, was able to have a solution, really, is the word, against these long balls, and it just kind of shut us down. So, I mean, yeah. The possession that we would have seen, like, against San Jose was just out the window. And it was on Real Salt Lake that had it coming our way. So that first half, it was ugly. It just didn't look like everybody was on the same page. But, I mean, we went in a half 0-0. So it was a lot to lot to build off of. And I wish I could have been a fly on a wall in that locker room when Carnell was giving that halftime talk. Because whatever he said, it worked. Yeah, this is a perfect example, one of those games where if you didn't watch the game, you're probably confused as hell at how that's the scoreline because, as Max said, that 38-62 to 62 possession, all the passing, it looked like Real Salt Lake was just dominating us. And then I was looking, once you started bringing up those stats, they have 19 total shots, we had 14. And then when we were in the thick of it, we're trying to weather through the storm, 20 fouls committed in the whole game by us, only eight for them. That being, and then another stat that made me really think about how crucial he was in this game, and he was the only reason we walked out of there with three points. Roman Berkey in the first four games, all four. Out of all four games, he had six saves total. Last night alone, eight saves, which is just an insane stat. 
when you're really thinking about, we came out of there with a clean sheet. First 45, we got peppered. Um, a lot of times with the high press style, like we play, sometimes that can be part of a game plan. Like, okay, let's let them come at us, let them tire us out, or let them tire themselves out, and then we'll jump at them. Not in any way was that the scenario here. We were just getting outplayed um, and couldn't really break out of there until second half starts, first minute, 46th minute. We get that set piece, um, header. Wait, yeah. No, it was Gio's foot. I'm thinking of Bartlett earlier. Um, it was a actually a set play called a five-man split, but just five guys were lined up vertically, and the two guy or two of them split out. So you have like a little box, and then Gio just had that wide open little thing right in the middle. Good finish. City goes up 1-0. Huge thing to do right out of the gate. And from then on, we kind of had the momentum. What are your thoughts on the Joe Akini goal? Joe Akini, well, whatever. I think that I think that Joe Akini is coming into his own as just another option we have up top who can finish in and around the six yard box. This wasn't a crazy long shot or anything like that. Just Joe Akini being in the right place yet again at the right time, and he has the boot to finish it. It's it's well placed. It's not easy to save, and look. He's showing up in the right times. I think that he's really starting to settle in well. At first, I didn't really know how he would fit in with Klaus, but now after watching uh, a, a couple games with them starting in this 4-4-2, like you said earlier, Jack, first time we've seen it in an away game, I, I really liked what I saw between the two of them, and I think that uh, those two together are, are a tough force to stop when they're when they're on their game. Yeah, Max, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, Gio is finding his form. He's finally getting some numbers to put his hard work onto the score sheet. I mean, I talked about it last time. And when we are kind of struggling to find that goal, it's Gio that's finding that role of putting it in the back of the net. We see it this time. He gets the first one right as the second half begins. And last time against San Jose, 30 minutes in, we still have that deadlock zero zero and geo's the one that puts the first one in and it just kind of opens the floodgates from there and we see that again in this game yeah so he gets the goal there and then city keeps rolling uh just under 15 minutes or just yeah under 15 minutes later make a couple substitutions in the 60th alm on for stroud jensen for ostrak um and then and at 61st shall klaus what a finish what a goal it was off a deep little lob ball, just trying to play it in the box. Defender had to kind of work his way to try to clear it. Um, it was a poor clearance. Shao Klaus just teased that mother up, tucks it right in the corner. What a finish. He gets on the score sheet. It wouldn't be the first time he gets on the score sheet because just five minutes later was another St. Louis gift gift off our high press, though. Um, while it is just a one-on-one -on -one with the goalie, which it should have been. Two defenders did get close to him, uh, but it's still on Jao Klaus to make that finish, tuck it in the corner like he did. He went to his the goalie's left, which isn't really natural for a right-footed uh, striker. Um, but he gets on the score sheet twice in five minutes. City's up 3-0. What were your guys' thoughts on either that first goal, the second goal? Just tell me about that brace. 
I, I, Jao Klaus is so good at making opportunities for himself. We see in that Nelson cross into the box, like you said, Jack, not sure exactly who headed it down, but a defender tries to clear it out, can't get it all the way out of danger. And who is that danger other than Zhao Klaus just picks up the ball, intercepts it, and immediately looks to score. He's always got his eyes on the back of the net, and more often than not, he's going to find it. He does such a good job at just anticipating where he might find a poor pass or maybe a rebound, some sort of um, just miscommunication between defenders like we saw in that goal in the 66th minute where he just steps in, takes his opportunity, and capitalizes on it. Yeah, Max. I mean, he's just the perfect poacher. Like, his positioning's perfect. His hunger for goal is perfect. We've said it so many times. That we're just starting to repeat ourselves. But if the ball finds Jao Klaus at his head, at his foot, he's going to find a way to put it into the back of the net. And this time he does it twice in this game. I mean, great finishes on both. Just, I wish he could have gotten that hat trick at Berkey clean sheet and a Klaus hat trick would have been awesome. I only really – I just saw one little area of concern with Klaus's hunger for goal. I don't know if you guys remember – it's so little. It's something so stupid, but I don't know if you saw it. It was the ball that, like – it was two of us. We caught them off guard, and then the ball got squared back to Klaus. And I, I don't know who it was on that outside, but Klaus's shot got blocked. If only – he could have possibly squared it right. There was nobody there except for us. Could have seen another one go in like we saw in our fourth goal. But, yeah, literally so small, nothing to even worry about. But, yeah, just could have gotten another one. But, yeah, that hunger for goal that Klaus has, it's just awesome. He's the perfect poacher that St. Louis needs to just put the ball in the back of the net, and we've seen it so far this season. Yeah, I think it's just fair to say that um, Zhao Klaus is our, our man. He's our man up top. Um, I'm going to read this quote that he said following the game, which is just, it made me put a smile on my face. And when asked about his goal scoring and uh, what, what gives him motivation, he says, either my mother cries or your mother cries. And I don't like to see my mother cry. It gives that just like Zlatan, Ibra, Ibravich, <laughs> like, it just gives the Ebra vibe to him, and I love that. He, he's got his own little swagger up there, and I hope he just keeps, like, vibing up there. Um, so the game keeps playing on. 70th minute, uh, if you guys remember, it was kind of just a mix-up play, a few passes, and Indiana Vasilev had that just dime, that rocket in the top right. The goalie made a hell of a save. Could have easily been 4-0 there, uh, but goalie made a great stop. The rebound, we just couldn't get onto it. Um, but then we did make it 4-0, like six minutes after that. Alm off the bench. He came on at the 60th, and then he finally gets a good goal today. Um, it was uh, – I'm pretty sure it was Leuven to Klaus. Or, no, it was Klaus to Leuven. Leuven had, like, eight guys on him right in the box. They left Alm wide open. Um, Alm takes a touch and then has a good finish past the goalie. Uh, how are you guys feeling after 4-0? I didn't really know what to think. I think I'm, or I'm reading it now. A minute after that, then we subbed in two more guys. We used all five subs again in this game. From then on, it was just 
kill the game off. Let's get out of let's get the heck out of this freezing cold environment and head back to St. Louis. Matt, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you said it best. That arm goal when Lewin was able to swing it wide. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier with Klaus. That just everybody was kind of just swarmed around one. Just find that open player. Once again, another goal off the bench, just proving again that St. Louis has the guys not only in the starting 11, but coming off the bench. We have that depth. The depth is giving us numbers. I mean, they're just providing. It's awesome. We have that next man up mentality. And just other than that in the second half, just after that arm goal, like you said, we just really settled down. We didn't really see many numbers going up as we had them saying back, especially with the substitute of Blome coming on. I thought that was a way of just kind of showing, all right, this is our way of just kind of keeping that clean sheet. Just not, we don't really, if we can get another one tacked on by going up, we can, but we saw really those attacks towards the end of the game kind of phasing out because there's only really four guys max going up towards the end. And I mean, Guys, that was a, as much as a great offensive showing, it was a great defensive showing. I mean, obviously the clean sheet, but I mean, Real Salt Lake still gave chances to us at the end. I think there was three back-to-back corners at the end where they scarily almost got one at the dying minutes, but obviously didn't. And I mean, just even then, attack after attack was killed by Bartlett, who had a great showing. Tim Parker had some just insane clearances and also a surprise face just everywhere. Jao Klaus, he was doing just as much as he did on offense as he did on the defensive side of things. I mean, he had four clearances just himself and went five for five on his aerial duels. I mean, he was everywhere just watching the game. Even the announcers picked up on it. I mean, every single corner found Jao Klaus's head just to get booted out. I mean, it's hard to match up against us on these set pieces offensively and defensively. So, I mean, yeah, just a great defensive showing from the boys in the second half to just kill things out. I agree, Max, before you give your final thoughts on this, another wonderful game by City. Um, I just want to backtrack something you just said, Matt, which is about Leuven just dishing that off, giving another assist to add to his Freaking stat sheet already this season. He is just, we've mentioned it before, he's the engine that runs this team. He just, I don't think he gets enough love because he sees Jao Klaus getting all these goals. He sees Berkey getting love. Leuven is just the silent monster and mover of this team. It's He swings from left to right. He moves it back and forth. I love Leuven. Max, what were your final, final, final uh, thoughts on this 90 minutes? Yeah, I have definitely been one to criticize Rasmus Alm in terms of whether or not he should start. I, I've been a big fan of Ostrak. I, I thought that in some of the games that we've seen this season, I, I would have preferred Ostrak over Alm. I finally got that in this Rail Salt Lake game. And if, if you just look at the stats, I, I was proven wrong a little bit. Alm on the season has three shots all of which are on target. He has a 33.3% conversion rate uh, after that goal that he notched in this last game. And I think that goal was just a perfect example of too many City players in the box. How do you defend against that? A Klaus right to Leuven, then over to Alm for the finish. That still was a tough finish. I thought it was a, a some great playmaking from uh, the whole offense, but... The angle of that shot, 
And I don't know if he, he got it in the five hole, but I mean, it was a, it was a great finish, hard to stop a shot that's hit that hard, but he played very well. He came on, changed the game a little bit. Um, I, I think the depth of this team, I, I say it every single week, but I think the depth is really something special. And I do like your point, Jack Leuven, Um, There was a couple times where, you know, maybe we, maybe we were finding some troubles this game advancing um, through distribution of the ball, but Leuven, there were a couple instances in this game where he just put the head down and just started dribbling down the field. And he really can do it all because his dribbling ability is another facet of his game that I think is very underrated. Yeah, I think Matt uh, talked about Blom coming in for Leuven today, which also Leuven, good for him. First time he's been subbed out this season. He's played the whole game, all five, uh, or all four, or the first four. Now he finally gets a little breather on the bench and can watch the boys just keep killing the game off for him. Uh, and again, to add to that depth, Blom's finally back from health and safety protocol. Um, it's good to see him get minutes, and he's just another player that, you, like you said, when shit hits the fan, we give the ball to him. He'll try to calm things down for us. Another great game by St. Louis City. We're 5-0. and um, I wish – do you guys know the record of just games, like, to win out of the season, like, to start the season? Because I know Sporting KC has it, and I have a feeling we're getting pretty close. Um, but I don't know the number in the head. We'll figure it out as we keep this episode going. But I know Sporting KC has it. Um, let's – go into before we go to the preview for next week i want to hear your guys's man of the matches would anyone like to start with their man of the match i'll start us off because i think it's one of the more obvious ones mine is gal klaus i mean how could you not pick him he notched himself two goals but as long as well as two big chances created although he only had one dribble attempt it was a success so 100 percent successful dribble rate and he had five passes into that final third which not only shows that his poaching of just putting the ball in the back of the net with those two goals but also just his playmaking and his vision of just being that center forward and laying these balls off in the box and just having those chances created throughout the game has just shown that Joe Klaus has just been the ultimate center forward he is my man of the match against Real Salt Lake for my man of the match, I went ahead and picked Roman Berkey. He played a phenomenal game. I love that stat that you said earlier, Jack. He had six staves on the season before this game. Came into this match, an away game against Rail Salt Lake, recorded eight saves, including some really acrobatic stops. The reflexes on this man were really on display last night. That one before, right before halftime, completely changed the complexion of this game. If Real Salt Lake had gone into the break with a 1-0 lead, I think this game would have been very different. Who's to say what would have happened? But aside from those saves, which are, I think, the obvious statistic to look at, his passing and his distribution is something that is a real part of this it's a really crucial part of the identity of this team this season he has a 40 percent long pass success rate 
He's attempted 108 long passes throughout the season, 44 of which he has completed. But he boots the ball so far down the field that even when he doesn't complete the pass, we have Zhao Klaus and Nico Joachini to press, to push those back lines and to apply pressure on them to where maybe if he doesn't find the feet of one of our players or the head of Zhao Klaus, I think that his ability to clear the ball when we get into trouble and to flip the like pitch on its head and send the ball all the way down to the other side of the field, I think it has a lot of value and it helps in a game like this against Real Salt Lake where we're having trouble just working the ball down the middle. I completely agree. And I think both of your players, I I don't see a way that they both, whether they're on the bench or starter, they got to make the MLS match week or match like team of the week or whatever that's called. There's no way they don't. Uh, my man of the match, I am full. I'm on this guy's train. I fully believe in him. Bartlett in the backfield. He's been rock solid. Two games he's played full 90s. This is our only two clean sheets. I just want to point that out. Hebert's a stud. Parker's a stud. I still feel like moving forward, we got to somehow figure out a way to keep Bartlett in because I do really think he's the game changer. From this game alone, Parker in the back, and I'm a big Parker supporter. If I had to pick, I love Hebert, but I think right now Parker and Bartlett should get the nods because they have some momentum going. Back-to-back clean sheets. 7-0 aggregate in the past two. I don't know how you can really argue with that. Um, Parker, yesterday, one block, two clearances. Bartlett, six blocks, ten clearances. They're both just studs in the backfield, and Bartlett, at his best, is a very, very good leader and central defender, and he, he definitely deserves my man of the match. So that was Real Salt Lake. Match week five, five and oh, but we move next week's a whole new match. Every week is a fresh slate. Next match is against Minnesota United, the Loons, a good team, uh, a good franchise, a fun team too. We welcome them to city park on Saturday night. Um, right now they're two and two on the season. They played uh, two away, two home. Both wins were away, so they're a good away team, which we should uh, be worried about. Uh, two draws at home. What do you guys got about them? Will tell me something? They're eight points, fourth in the uh, West with us. What do you guys got? Yeah, I'm going to go down my similar route of just kind of pointing out a player to just kind of keep an eye out for. And that player on Minnesota is going to be forward Mender Garcia. He's a Colombian national. He's played all four. Uh, yeah, he's played four of the five of Minnesota's games, and he's notched two goals in those games. He's the top goal scorer from Minnesota. He has a very dynamic game. And I think if – I mean, I think if we have that same kind of showing that we did in the second half defensively, I don't think it will be a problem. But I definitely think it's one of those – kind of like the Cade Cowell in San Jose or just even just – kind of just the forward play that we saw with just the through balls kind of 
catching us off guard. I think that might be a little more present in this Minnesota game through Mr. Garcia. That's all I've got. Max? Yeah, I I think their last game is a little bit interesting to look at. They had a lead from the 40th minute on until the added time came in the 90th minute. They added on eight additional minutes to the second half of play where they allowed Simone Betcher, not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, um, to score on them to tie the game. Uh, that's when they played Vancouver last week. And so, you know, they, they're probably a little bit demoralized after that. They thought they had three points in the bag. They ended up only coming away with one. They're a good team. I think I'm a little bit glad that we don't have to travel to Minnesota to play in the cold again. We just played in Real Salt Lake where it was freezing. We got it done there. So, you know, it's good to know that we can go into, um, you know, tough uh, weather environments in terms of the cold. But I, I don't want to take my chances going two weeks back to back. And we saw that game just a couple weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago where they couldn't even clear the snow off the field in Minnesota and they were playing in, in a couple of inches up there. So I I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. Hopefully Lewis can uh, stay, stay out of the precipitation. I guess I, I can't say much since I'm not living there currently, but I think it should be nicer than Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, just a couple last things I had to add about Minnesota United before we get into our predictions and in this episode, I looked up the average possession in the MLS. You know who the bottom two teams are in average possession time? Is us. Oh, that's my arm going off. Is uh, us at 28th in the league. We average 42% possession. And Minnesota United is dead last in the league at 41%. So I don't know what is going to go on in this game. We might just be kicking it back and forth to each other so we don't hold it. Um because we scored 15 goals with that 42%, and they've only scored five with their 41. Um, and then another thing I noticed watching the Vancouver game was they send a lot of players forward. They've done uh, – they did a 4-2 or 4-4-2 last game, but that could have been because of the international break because their other three games, they like a 4-2-3-1. Um, but they left a lot of gaps open in last game, and I really think we're going to expose them this weekend. Let's jump into predictions. Max, give me your prediction for uh, next Saturday versus Minnesota United at City Park. I'm going to go bold here and say we're going to get our third clean sheet of the season. I think we're going to stop Minnesota from scoring, and I think we're going to notch two goals, 2 nothing, St. Louis City SC. I like that prediction, Max. I think I'm – getting a little swayed by that stat Jack read off just about the least possession partnered up with our high scoring with their low scoring. I just don't really know what to expect with this game. I know city St. Louis is going to have our numbers there. That's a no brainer. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say three to one. I think our goals are no short. I think they continue to hit the back of the net. I think just with these numbers going forward and just kind of 
that low possession, I think we might see one hit the back of our net, but I think we take it to six and L three to one is my prediction. Yeah. This game is going to be, of course, every game we say is going to be a test and let us know a little bit more about them, but I truly think this game is going to be a pivotal point to know what's going on with our team. And if we are the real deal, because Minnesota is a good team and they're coming to our house. Um, I was kind of along the same lines as you, Matt. I do think they're going to score. I just think it is a very big moment coming back home. Yeah, it's going to be an insane environment. Um, I'm predicting a 3-2 finish. I know we're going to score goals, um, but I just feel like even if they're dumb goals for Minnesota, I think they will get on the score sheet, and it will be a fun, fun thriller on Saturday night. So any last words, boys? Are we good? I've got one last stat that I just want to throw in here. With the win against Real Salt Lake, we have ended their 19-year streak of if they had a loss in a home game, they did not go back-to-back with two home losses in a row. We ended that, and I just thought, wow, that was a crazy stat. And there's a first for everything, and St. Louis was that first. I agree. That is a good stat to finish off the episode. So with that – It has been a pleasure to uh, chat with you boys. Thank you guys for all you listening uh, out there on Spotify or Apple uh, or playlist now. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's hope St. Louis City can go 6-0 and we can creep closer to breaking that Sporting KC record. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next episode of the Riverside Report. Go City. See you guys.